Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions family of ministries and services. Hi there, friends. You see, at Institute of World Mission, and together with our closest partners in the International Service Employee Missionary Support Team, we feel strongly together and care deeply about your well-being. You finding deep fulfillment in the mission's endeavor. With that, we recognize that for most of us, mission service isn't just a one-person reality. It involves the immediate family, the accompanying spouse and children. It even affects the extended family, but the immediate family members are right there with us in the trenches, so to say. So the well-being, the blessedness of our families is simply huge for us. And we know it means even more for you. That is the very reason why we keep coming back to family adjustment in the mission field. So family adjustment and other related topics on this podcast, together with Cheryl Doss. Cheryl Doss, as most of you know, is the director of the Institute of World Mission, and in this capacity, she is my supervisor and mentor. In today's interview, we are taking a close look at different ways missionary families can cope with challenges and stresses of cross-cultural service. Cheryl, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you. Now, I'm smiling as I am yeah. greeting you, and that's because you are the director of the Institute of World Mission, and this podcast is a product of your vision and prayers, and uh, but welcome anyway. Well, and thank you, Alex, for making my vision and dream a reality. Yeah, it is it, <laughs> it is a team effort, so that's that's awesome. So the focus of our interview today is the missionary family, and as families live and serve cross culturally, um, they meet stresses and they encounter challenges. So we'd like to identify those today together and and see some of the ways of coping with, uh, with those. So, first question I wanted to bring to you is this. Family members' inability to adjust to foreign environments has been noted in research as one of the most critical causes of expatriate failure. So, yes. Th- yes. think about it. What, what happens is, many times when families return or they fail, it's because one of the family members failed to adjust. That's, that's uh, one of the most critical uh, causes. Would you say this is, irrelevant, this is relevant to Adventist missions? And if so, how are we experiencing this as a church? How are we experiencing this? Yes, the research has shown that uh, failure to adjust, and that, can, that needs to be defined. What right, is failure sure. to adjust? Um, and fa- family uh, distress is often a cause of, of missionary re- early return. Um, as well as, of course, in the corporate world and international business, too, that's also been shown. But it's definitely been shown in the mission uh, research as well on missionary families. Um, I think we need to start off with a few definitions and descriptions of what we're talking about here. 
missionary families go out as integrated systems. Okay? All families everywhere are systems. They, they're, in, uh, they're intertwined in their relationships, their, their, uh, their uh, way of working together. And as in any system, the, the problems of one part of that system affect the entire system. And so when we say the failure of a family member to adjust, it's really the failure of the whole family system to adjust mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. Even if one person is showing the distress more than other people in the family. Uh, so, and, and the fact is, families um, are, are made up of individuals, even though they're interconnected systems. And so every individual will adjust in their own time frame and in their own way. And so if you have three children, I like to say, you'll usually have one kid that kind of sails right through the adjustment <laughs> process, one kid that's just dragging his feet along and just difficult adjusting, and the other one that's going, ah, well, doesn't matter, you know, kind of thing. And, and so we all are different husbands and wives. They adjust at different rates and different, in their own ways. And anybody who's lived overseas for any length of time knows that this is not a, a linear process. It's a, a dynamic process so that... One day I'm up, my husband's down, and the next day he's up, mm -hmm. and I'm down. So we're this interconnected system, we're all affecting each other in our adjustment process. Now, what is adjustment? That's the other thing. What are we really talking about when we talk about adjustment? And again, it depends on individual family members, individual family dynamics, and locations, and types of uh, things. So um, one of the things, just uh, anecdotally, I would say, that's very important in family adjustment is that um, if there's a family with children is that the parents adjust, the children's adjustment is predicated on the parents' adjustment. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So often, the younger the children, the more this is the case. The older the children, the right. less okay. is the case. Okay. So any child, preschool children for, for certain, their adjustment is predicated on their parents' adjustment because it's the home environment that mainly impacts the oh, child. I can see that. I can, I can yeah. see how that is. Now, once a child starts school, then their adjustment begins to be impacted by peer groups and other people that they interact with. This increases up to the teen years when uh, one's personal identity becomes an mm -hmm. issue and separation from the family in, the, in one's identity issues are stronger. And then the teen will have much more of their own adjustment process individually, more like the adult process. So uh, understanding that developmental issue can make a difference in how people adjust. Now, adjustment can mean uh, adjusting to lifestyle things, adjusting to work issues, uh, uh, accepting differences in schooling for the children, uh, language issues impact this, this uh, ability to fit in with the new culture. The place, I mean, you, if you live in a big city, that's a different kind of adjustment than if you live in a rural area. If you live with lots of people or a multicultural urban environment, that's going to be different than if you live in a small uh, homogeneous tribal unit in a rural area. So the, the level of adjustment, the need for adjustment, how similar or different it is from your home country can also make it an issue on how much adjustment you have to make. Excellent. Thank you for those definitions. So um, let's uh, take it uh, a step-by-step -step page here. Um, it is a fact that serving cross-culturally can cause quite a bit of a stress to a family, and this is what we are uh, here affirming. 
Now, in your experience, Cheryl, what are the main challenges families face when moving into a new post of service? All right. I, let, let's just say that families have, are, are, because we're living dynamic systems, mm-hmm. it, a lot depends on the number of transitions a family is going to what are the challenges they face. So let, uh, let's take a, a young couple, for example. I, I think of in my own family. If you uh, are, uh, in one, one, of our, one of our children was, they finished school, graduate school, they had a child, they went to the mission field with a new baby, in a new job, in a new part of the world for the first with a time. new language group okay. with all those transitions happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. We've also had missionaries come through Mission Institute who are newly married, mm-hmm. going into a different professional role, maybe straight out of school, uh, in a, with a different language group in a, in a un- un- very foreign part of the world into mission for the first time. When you pile all those transitions up on top of each other, it creates a lot more adjustment issues. Okay. So, so anytime you have a family life cycle change, such as a new baby, a new marriage, uh, children leaving school, sometimes people go to the mission field and for the first time they're leaving their children at home right, in that's, boarding that's, school. I can see that yeah, as another thing. transition. Or, yeah. or they have elderly parents that, that they're moving away from and not able to care for anybody. So anytime you add family life cycle uh, transitions on top of the mission field transition, mm-hmm. you have increased the level of adjustment that is required, the complexity of it that's required. So we all know that going to the mission field requires adjustment in living, uh, cultural behaviors, perhaps uh, work styles, uh, even job descriptions can are quite different. You may have been a surgeon in a hospital here. It's going to be a new a, team. Yes, it's going to be a, a new, new way of doing a supervisor medicine. or yes, whatever. Yeah, all those things. We all know that we those are things we expect. What we often don't expect in this transition is the, uh, the family life things that are impact uh, that's changed. So, for example, you have three children, you're going to the mission field, and then you discover when you get there that one child has to go off to boarding school because there's no place for a high school-aged child here. One child um, finds it difficult to learn a new language in this school, so you're going to have to homeschool this child. The other one is just fine starting kindergarten in this foreign language. So you have And then suddenly you lose a kid and yeah. you have to homeschool, homeschool another kid. kid. Two transitions yes, right there. Right there. And so it every family is unique in the kind of ad- adaptations and, and stressors that they face in these transitions. That's a very interesting concept. I have yeah. not really thought about it this way that the more uh, of those transitions that pile up on each mm-hmm. other, for example, if I've always if I've always done Adventist mission type of work, and now I, I'm going into the mission field to do publishing, let's say. Yeah. I mean, that is a major exactly. transition, um, and, and so forth. And if my wife have, hasn't worked until now, and no. we go there and she's she being hasn't. asked to work, for yes. example. Exactly. So that's, that's another, another one. transition on top. And, and we often find that missionaries are expected to do things for which they don't feel well prepared. 
So a physician may be well prepared in his field of medicine, but now suddenly he's having to do surgeries. He's never really done surgeries before. Or administer the or hospital. Or be admi administrator of the hospital that he never really thought about being administration. The same is too of, of a teacher who I remember when my father went to the mission field to teach uh, pastoral ministry, which he was very comfortable doing, mm -hmm. they asked, they suddenly assigned him to teach Greek. Okay. I mean, he hadn't done anything with Greek for years, so he had to try to find a way and learn how to teach. So missionaries often have additional work changes, transitions, family life uh, cycle transitions, the individual uh, adjustments of each family member, and these pile up and be, increase the complexity of the uh, the adapting that they have to do. I think my eyes have been opened as, as we talk uh, on, on some of this complexity, how even how to uh, judge what could happen, seeing, uh, you know, what are those transitions that a particular family will have to go through, yes. uh, you know, and, and seeing that how difficult that can be or easier um, that can be. All right, now let's, let's, let's dig just a little deeper. And uh, what do you think happens when some of the stresses, some of those stresses yeah. we were discussing, um, uh, which are caused by adapting to uh, life in a new environment, remain unresolved? So when, 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 it, when, it, when the stress doesn't go away, what mm. does then happen? Yes, um, and, and this comes in different ways and, and different people respond differently to it. Uh, we would hope that in, ev in every case some resolution would happen. And that may involve uh, just allowing it to be unresolved. <laughs> if you, if you know. so, so let me give you an example of what I'm meaning here. Um, you may, I remember one family went to the field and they thought that they had, uh, there was a high school there where their children could go to high school. And uh, then when they got there, they discovered that they were living too far away. Their, their house that they were assigned was much too far away for their children to okay. attend that school. Now, what do you do in that case? Uh, some people can choose at that point to say, well, we can't live here, we're going to go home. You know, and that does happen. That, uh, and sometimes it happens quite quickly. The, 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 the possibilities were not open to, to resolving that, and so they left. Uh, other people might have said, well, let's look at other options and see what we can do. Can we do long-distance education for these high school-age students? Can we send them to boarding school? None of those options were what the family was expecting or really perhaps want to do. But it might be that they've decided we can send the child to uh, a local um, boarding school or we can send them back to our home country boarding school or we can use Home Study International or one of the other long-distance education here. Um, so they're, they're, the family's responses will often res uh, result from uh, the way the family dynamics have worked in the past and what the needs of the family is. If there's a special needs child, then the family may not feel like they can homeschool this right. child. You know. but, it, but, it, but if the child is self-motivated and could handle doing the work on their own, then maybe they wouldn't need to go off to a, a boarding school. They could do home, home study. So every family has to make decisions. And, and then additional factors that families have to consider, like with schooling, is what are the ministry requirements of the parents? Does the father have a traveling job and not away? And does the mother feel adequately prepared to deal with whatever, like, let's say the 
school is far, and she has to drive them back and forth. You know, is that is that a possibility? Um, and so families answer these kinds of things in different ways, depending on their own circumstances and the circumstances that they, they face. Right. So you are moving into this uh, area of actually coping uh, with, yeah. uh, with those stresses uh, and challenges that are, uh, that are there. So let's, let's look at some of those more. I mean, what, what are uh, different ways we can cope, we can advise families they would cope? Um, and as we do this... Um, you know, uh, some of some of those stress. I mean, the result of the stress can be depression, I suppose, yes. uh, ongoing tensions, anxiety, anxiety um, perhaps a decrease in, in the productivity. Uh, imagine if if, mm-hmm. if there is a thorn in the family, what, yeah. what, what, whatever that is. You know, there's between husbands and wives and parents and children. Something doesn't work. There's some kind of a dysfunction. Um, uh, lower marriage satisfaction, um, decreased physical or mental health. I mean, all of those mm-hmm. things are, if they are present, now to cope, to change, to come around, to, to break, to come out. Now, how, how do would we? we how do we? How would we do it? Yeah. Yes, um, I, I think one of the things that that is very hard for us as we go as missionary families go into the mission field is to recognize that this is such a major adjustment that it will create chaos within our system. And that chaos comes out in different ways. Some people, the chaos comes out in the form of illness. Uh, In other cases, in depression or relational distress. Uh, It can come out that way. It It can exacerbate whatever is already in the system or new uh, poor coping mechanisms can come in as well. We, we kind of joke, it's mm-hmm. not really funny, but we kind of joke and say that every family going through uh, an international transition looks dysfunctional. <laughs> there is a certain dysfunctionality that comes into the family because of the huge amount of adjustment. Frankly, when you go to a new part of the world, you do not know how to function there. You do not know how to live in this place yet. That's part of the adjustment process. So we shouldn't be afraid. We should not be afraid of it. It's normal to, for missionary families to look somewhat dysfunctional, especially when they first arrive on the field. Unfortunately, too often they're judged for that. And other missionaries who've been there a long time, what's wrong with these people? Why can't they get with it? Or we don't have three children, so we don't understand. Or we don't have children that age, so we've never had to experience what it's like to take a screaming child on a 12-hour uh, plane trip. You know, whatever. We don't understand how people arrive. And sometimes we're not very sympathetic. And sometimes local people who've never had to do this are not sympathetic either to this huge transition of family. So. First of all, I think what we can... Part of it is normal. uh, It's normal. Absolutely normal. And every family uh, goes through this in different ways, of course. Some people look better on the outside and hide all this distress inside. Other people show it on the outside more openly. And that's part of how a family particularly functions. This is why it is so important that if we're going to the mission field, we need to do our very best to go as healthy and whole as we can. Make sure we've explored our family dynamics, understand ourselves, know, know our weaknesses and strengths and, and what our family is in need of, and not be afraid to ask for professional help or spiritual help 
if, if we find ourselves unable to make a good adjustment. It's very interesting that, yeah. you, that you mentioned knowing our weaknesses and strength because if there are weaknesses, say there is a, 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 a something between a husband and a yes. wife that is a weak point, you know, it can be jealousy, it can be yeah, something right. else, whatever a thing that, that may come up. Um, and if um, as a family transitions into the mission field, as they are getting adjusted, whatever those things are, they're going to be only exacerbated Absolutely. more, right? So the weak links, they will be tested more than anything Absolutely. else. Would that be correct to say? Um, yes. In fact, uh, some people feel <laughs> go to the mission field thinking it'll heal a marital problem. Uh-huh. It only generally makes it worse. And it may not show itself in the mission field, but often shows itself on re-entry. Okay. Uh, you know, because maybe you kind of hold together just to do this job, this this thing you've committed to, but ultimately, any, this any high not, honor job, yeah, right? Yeah. Very but, public, right? And, but anything that's not resolved eventually comes out, and so uh, we can't expect the mission field to heal whatever is going on. In fact, the stresses will often make it worse. So, but speaking yeah. of coping, then yeah. knowing what those are and paying extra attention, attention to it, yes. Okay. And, and having appropriate expectations, and I think this is a big, a big issue, is knowing what to expect that we will have um, the stresses and strains, that transition does bring a lot of chaos into our family system, but out of that chaos can come a, a deeper, more uh, adaptable family life if we allow God to change us and to to and draw on the resources that he, that he provides for us in our community, our support system, and have a good support system uh, during this time is really important. So, uh, what you just said is having the right expectations, but then you also mentioned uh, having the right support, support system. Well, no, let's unpack this okay, one, all right? All right. So, because it's going to be another yeah. point of coping. Yeah. So, how do we create? a support system for ourselves as when we are in the mission field. And that, that's one of the big issues when a family moves internationally is they generally lose virtually all their support system. Exactly. exactly. Uh, it's a church, totally new place. And, and you know, uh, Donald Joyce talks about your, you, you, we all live on a trampoline that's supported on its four corners by uh, friends and family and work associates and our and our church. Okay, We kind of, that's kind of, and we generally lose a lot of that when we go to the mission field, which is why I think uh, the new information technologies and social uh, social media stuff is kind of God's gift to missionaries because we are much more able to stay in touch with our family and mm-hmm. our friends and even in church uh, from a distance. So I've when, never thought about it this yeah. way. This is very interesting. Yeah. You know, you just think about it. Um, if you just have listened to sermons in a language you don't really understand for a week after week after week, you can get online and listen to uh, uh, Hope Channel. Streaming from your home church. from your home church, your PMC or, you know, LBN, you know, Loma Linda. You, you can listen to a, a, a language or, you know, you NASPY in a language that you understand that speaks to your heart mm-hmm. and ways that couldn't be done by missionaries in previous times. You can call on Skype or, or uh, WhatsApp or some other and you actually hear your, your, your mother's voice or your father's advice 
know, you can create a ways of, of keeping the connection stronger to that support system you had when you left. And then um, I think it's really important that missionaries create new support systems when they get to the field. Um, to with local people, making friendships, helping your, your children and each other reaching out. Some of the people that struggle the most with adapting are, is, uh, are the people who are not able to have a job or a, a sense of purpose in the field. So if one spouse um, is employed and the other spouse is at home without children, you know, children will give you a sense of purpose, but the other spouses at home with no job to do, they will often feel very distressed by and make it and find it more difficult to adjust. I've seen it over and over when that second spouse receives a job to do, even if it's a volunteer position, mm -hmm. their sense of purpose greatly increases. And if you have a sense of purpose, you can put up with many of the just adjustments you have to make. Uh, in this huge transition. Cheryl, you just named five ways to cope. Let me go through those okay. real quick again. Let me repeat those. And mm -hmm. if you want to add to any one of these or maybe add some more, uh, you're so welcome to. So the five are recognize the upcoming chaos, mm -hmm. pay attention to your weaknesses and strengths, and be careful, you know, about those weak points. Number three, have appropriate expectations of what is going to happen there. Have the right support system or build, or build one, it, yes. yeah, whether at home, back at or home, both. or uh, in, right there in place. Find a sense of purpose, even if you have to be proactive about it, yes. even if you have to volunteer, but be engaged, you're there for mission find your mission. So these are the five you mentioned. Yes. Anything you want to add to this? <laughs> well, let me let me pick up uh, just a bit on the expectations. Okay, one. yeah, that would be nice. Uh, most of us go, when we we get a call to go to the field or go, we have this expectation, this sense of God's call in our lives, this sense that this is what we should do. We expect that he's going to use us. What we don't expect is uh, how difficult that will be. It, it is inevitably difficult because the adjustments are huge. Uh, culture shock, if, if you don't go through culture shock, you probably aren't really engaging with the culture because sooner or later every culture is going to shock you in some way. They're going to make you wonder why in the world I chose to do this. You know, and so uh, when we go through those low times, those adjustment times, those feelings of being out an outsider, we sometimes often think there's something wrong with us. Um, we start to question why we went. So appropriate expectations would be where we recognize that no place in the world is heaven. There are ups and downs to every place we would ever live. Every move we would ever make would have its good parts and its bad parts. And this is especially true when we go into mission. There will be things we love about it, and there will be things we are not happy with. And, in, and during the adjustment period, that will probably weigh heavier on the things we're not happy with. Uh, people always ask, how long does adjustment take? And it depends on the individual. But my personal, and I tell everybody this, for me it takes me two years. Two to years. Adjust okay. to a new culture. Before I feel like I really understand how to live in this place and I'm happy to be here. And that doesn't matter whether I'm going to the mission field or coming back from the mission field to my home country. 
two, it takes about that long. In fact, for me, it's a little easier to go to the mission field than to come back to my home country. Right. And I have heard of other people that say the same thing. But that huge international move is it takes time to make the adjustments and we have to recognize so during that time there will be times when we we should expect not to be very happy about it. Actually I can see that Amy and I, uh, Amy my wife, my dear wife, uh, we are just about completing two years uh -huh. being in a new place and, and we can definitely see how difference. we are you know, being much more relaxed mm -hmm. and at home, yes. but it does take about takes uh, time. that time for yeah, us. Time. Cheryl, thank you very much. We have taken all our time <laughs> that we had available, that we imposed on ourselves yeah. in terms of an uh, of a length of an episode. Um, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, together with our community, mm -hmm. to uh, more of these uh, episodes devoted to uh, our missionary families. Thank you very much. Yes. Just want to encourage families. The day does come when you're happy to be there. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. As I mentioned in the beginning, family adjustment in the mission field is a big topic for us here on the IWM podcast. Cheryl Doss is and will continue to be the main contributor to this important topic. It's a great area of interest for her, and not just interest, but a lot of experience. This is not the first time we discuss with Cheryl about the needs of our families. Here's a quick roundup of several previous episodes. So, episode 25, when one spouse is not happy and doesn't want to be in the host country. Or episode 19, are we as missionaries keeping our extended family relationships strong and healthy? Or episode 12, is there a place in mission for the accompanying spouse? This one was with Gwen Asselford. You can find all these episodes on the IWM website at iwmadventist.org forward slash podcast. Or simply scroll down through the IWM podcast feed on your platform of choice. Speaking of next week's episode. If spiritual warfare is a felt reality for the environment where you serve, you won't want to miss the interview with Bruce Bauer, Dr. Bruce Bauer. Even if it's not visible or readily felt, it's still a reality, friends. But in most majority world cultures, especially with strong animistic or folk religion worldviews, the spirit world is keenly present in people's lives, as you are so much aware of. Next week, we engage with Dr. Bauer on this subject. My name is Alex Ock, and I will be more than happy to see you next week. <laughs>